What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Horror Nights Unscripted, a podcast about all things Halloween Horror Nights related in an unscripted and unique way. My name is Adrian from Watch TV. And of course, my name is Scott from SoCal Exploring. Before we get started, make sure you follow our Spotify channel if you're listening on Spotify and check out both of our Instagram pages, SoCal Exploring Media and Lodge TV. You can also find all our information in the description about our YouTube channels. And subscribe to both of our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash TV and youtube.com slash Exploring. And big thank you to all for the positive feedback from the recent episodes. We truly do appreciate all the support and it gives us motivation to keep creating for you all these different episodes as well as this fun and exciting one that you're about to listen to or watch. In today's episode, we have a very special guest. And for our third episode, it is pretty exciting. So without further ado, Scott, introduce our special guest today. Well, as I'm sure a lot of you listening and watching are are huge Halloween Horror Nights fans, you should be familiar with the history of the event. And if you aren't, well, then that will all change today, making her mark as one of the very first creative minds behind Halloween Horror Nights and designing houses such as Dungeon of Terror. Please welcome to the show, Julie Zimmerman. How are you doing today, Julie? I'm good. How are you doing quarantining your bad self today? Oh, I am. I'm doing wonderful. Um, Like you said, quarantining myself, uh, trying to make the most of it, really. <laughs> yeah. And I know this is what has been uh, keeping me and Losh uh, seeing is filming these podcast episodes. That's, but that's right. We have we have Julie Zimmerman on a, a big guest for our uh, third episode. It's our very first guest. So you're the very first guest featured on Horror Nights Unscripted. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm very honored. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for coming on, like we were talking about before this. Um, Alosh is actually behind the brains of getting her on. So big shout out to Alosh for doing that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he, he's working hard at getting more guests for you. And then we have um, even more guests lined up in the near future for you guys. But today's all about Julie. And today we're going to be talking about her history with the event, all the creative details that went into it. So I'm going to dive into the first question, Julie. And we have someone here from our listeners um, that are, that have actually submitted questions, which we'll get to a little bit later. But first, we'll dive into our questions. So what was the process like when designing Halloween Horror Nights houses and like different experiences? What What is the process that you go through? Well, the first thing we did uh, was Fright Nights. That was the first event that was into this genre that Jay Stein wanted to do. And so that went together. I was a project manager on that. And Universal had no idea if it would make any money. And in those days, Universal was really hard pressed to make money because, as we know, it opened badly. So yeah. did this three three nights of Fright Nights, and it was an instant success. I mean, it was just everybody was excited. Well, I was sort of wandering around in those days between, because I had come down to Universal from Universal Hollywood to build the theme park. And so I just sort of fell into Fright Nights. And one day they called me, I was in a trailer and they said, Hey, what would you do for Fright Nights 2? And I said, <laughs> that, that's literally what they said. And I said, well, I'll write some stuff down and send you a couple of treatments. So I sent it over Mm-hmm. and uh, didn't hear anything and then I got a call one day from Rich Casales and he said okay we're going to do it all <laughs> and I, I said what do you mean you're going to do it all he said no we're going to do the whole thing so you know <laughs> everything that you woman, have up, written up <laughs> I had just treatments on everything so I said to them okay well I have to hire some people and I went back to good friends of mine um 
John Paul Gertz was one of the art directors from where, you know, my shows that we worked on for to build Florida, Tony Pugh was a project manager. And basically we started, I had the basic outlines for all the, all the entertainment. And then we had to put it together. So mm-hmm. it was sort of like a brainstorming session to then figure out what we were going to do. The Dungeon of Terror was done at Fright Night. So we decided we would just amp it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then as we were adding the people under the stairs, which was a universal picture, we literally are just starting from scratch. So yeah. <laughs> every, everything I did and we did had to be put in a very short time frame. And so we were like crazy people. I mean, we were crazy people running around. And in those days, what was great about it is that we could we could do whatever we wanted to. You know, we broke every rule, every there cell. There was no restrictions. Hell no. I mean, you know, <laughs> it was it was uh, it was fun and they then they changed the name you know we were going on fright nights they said we're calling it halloween horror nights and we're like okay and we just you know i started creating an event with what i had written on paper so i now had to go from paper to having it be what you can actually build and what the shows and the characters are going to be so it was sort of like you know going from zero to 900 miles an hour very quickly yeah that's crazy i i didn't know because I obviously knew Fright Nights was a, a, an actual big success, but I thought that there was more planning going on in oh. like how a uh, Fright Nights too. It's crazy to hear how like fast it all came to be. <laughs> yeah, it was just me. I, I had done some research for them because they were, you know, in those days again, you know, Universal's trying to find their footing in Florida. They're trying to find some signature events. Halloween happened in in Hollywood, but there was a tragic accident. Mm-hmm. So they stopped doing that. And it was Jay Stein who was, you know, the kind of the, the guy behind Florida and at that time a, a big dude in Universal. He's the one that wanted to do this event at our Florida. So they were trying to figure out where they were going to get the money is what I really think, you know, and can they pull it off? So once marketing got on board with it and, you know, they saw the first success, they decided they were just going to go with God on it. So we all just kind of, we just said, okay. And we went running and, you know, it was an interesting time. It was an absolutely fabulous time because we, yeah, go go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. You you keep talking. (laughs) We did whatever we wanted to. I mean, the dungeon of terror was still sitting there because as we know, Jaws was still not open. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the, that's where the original dungeon was. So we went in and tweaked that one. And for the people under the stairs, of course, we then, you know, got our first sound stage to build up haunted house in which had been one of our dreams so yeah when you have the right art directors and people drawing you can do anything it's just that it happened so very fast and you know we we ran i mean we just ran like i call it wild dogs and that that's how we got halloween up the very first halloween horror nights after fright nights and let me shoot you a quick fire question before you dive into sure. the next topic um did you have any any role in creating hollywood's event at all or was it just no I didn't, but what's great about Hollywood was the, I was the, at that point, the manager of special projects and uh, I was good friends with Don Burgess, who later on became their Halloween guy. They Uh were afraid, you know, what happened was they had a tram tour up and somebody, you know, didn't follow the rules and unfortunately died, you know, there's always a terrible story. And so they locked it out. And so Hollywood then after ours was so successful, then Hollywood came back on and Donnie Burgess, who became a great friend of mine, we all collaborated back and forth. So we would share information, the psycho house, 
for one example, was his haunted house. And then when we did the psycho house, we stole the name. So, you know, we had totally different events simply because of the way they're built. You know, they're, they're yeah. totally different there than we are here. And so, you know, we didn't do the same thing, but we helped each other emotionally a great deal. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Wash, you want to dive in the next question? Let's do it. Is there anything that you would do differently back then from a creative standpoint? No. I mean, I think if you think about it, as far as what we did at that time, it was, it was, it was great, I think. I mean, creatively, the thing was fun. It was scary. And, um, you know, we really, we really, I was completely pleased with what happened. It was fun. I mean, I, all the things we did were, you know, we had a Thunderdome stage out there. We had a lot of characters. So I wouldn't have changed a thing. Not a thing. Then, and I think that's, that, that shows, like, your confidence in your craft, you know? Because some people would be like, yeah, like, I changed one thing. And, you know, and not saying that those people aren't good creative, um, have good creative minds. But when you're confident in your craft it goes to show, you know, you, you wouldn't change a single thing. And that, that's what I, that's what I like the most about your mindset. Um, no, it was, it was, I, you know, I came out of the training ground universal creative mm -hmm. at that time was called planning and development. And, um, I started there as a secretary for a vice president of shows and effects for Florida. And so my job was basically Peter Alexander was my boss. So I've read everything that was coming in for Florida. Mm -hmm. And then I was promoted to a coordinator. And then when I got to Florida, you know, I worked on Hitchcock, uh, post-production Murder, She Wrote, and The Animal Show. But I had oh, learned wow. how to do so much with those folks. You know, yeah. I worked with great people, art directors from Hollywood, you know, amazing designers. So I learned how to do what I did. And I also, but the thing about me is I always have people who are better at what they do than me that I had work with me. You know, I know my limitations. So it's yeah. like, well, I'm going to pull together this person and that person because I know that they'll make this really great. And that's what makes a great event. Yeah, it's all those creative minds together. But I mean, you yeah. have some real talent. Uh, you said you're working yeah. on things like with Hitchcock and Murder, She Road. Yeah. Those are obviously two big names in just Hollywood in general. And it's like, I didn't know that you did um, actual production work like that. I thought it was just a little theme park stuff. I started, I moved to Los Angeles when I was 20 years old, which is a miracle because I'm 35 now. Just kidding. But, um, <laughs> you look I, 35. Don't worry. <laughs> I was going to say 34. You look a little bit like Yeah, 34. I was 20. And so, you know, I worked in different, uh, I worked for Warner Brothers for a little bit. You know, I, I bounced around Is in the famous words of my mother, if you can type, you can get a job anywhere. And that is the truth, especially mm -hmm. for a female. So I could type. And so I ended up starting at the bottom of these jobs and then worked my way up. But I had been around the block, as we say, you know, and there were our friends. We were we were a little troop from Ohio. We had all moved to L.A. together. So we all when somebody got a job, the next person got a job. And that's how we kept it going. So I had been in the realm of, of production, but I had never done theme park. So it was a new venture for me. But I had been around some really amazing people. And that helped me a great deal. Okay, okay. I see how you got into the theme park biz. Julie, yeah. what, what was what was your favorite part of all time about creating Halloween Hornets? Favorite part? It was the people working together. And the best part, though, was watching the reactions of the people going through Halloween Horror Nights. Mm -hmm. You know, when you, when you got to see, like, the very first Bill and Ted, you know, when that first, when that thing, 
I didn't know if they were going to like it or hate it. And they did an employee preview and everybody just cheered and stood up. I felt like, oh my God, it worked. And that was always my big thing with the events. Anything I ever did at Universal was to see the audience reaction. So, you know, when you're, you've got people like fighting to get into a venue and screaming their way through a haunted house, you know that it works. And, and that's really all the things I ever did were, were for, you know, theme parks are for people. So if they enjoy the experience, and of course I enjoyed the experience and I could sit back and say, gosh, you know, this is tremendous. And that's, that's what I love. But I love the people I worked with because we had a great team and, you know, their best years of my life were spent at Universal Studios. There's, there's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if I put on like an ambitious project like that and I just got absolutely praised for at least the house or whatever it was, I'd be like, wow, I did that. I I did that. (laughs) That sometimes because it was so crazy, you know, and people started when they sort of found out about the Halloween story and people Mm. would say, did that really happen? I'd say it really did happen. You know, I was on a, a cardboard table in one of the trailers that was sort of empty and I was using a a borrowed computer to write up everything. So I was literally working, you know, out of, out of out of nothing to create this big event. And so I remember when they started, I thought, what in the hell am I going to do? Because it was just me. And, um, you know, it's a God thing. We could call it that. But how, uh-huh. how, how is it all of a sudden they decided, well, we're going to ask her what to do? I don't know what's a desperation on their part. Out of the I blue. <laughs> I have no idea. But Fright Nights was so successful, you know, and... Yeah they didn't know what to do. They were, they had so many people having a great time and this park is now full. And, you know, I had done, then I started doing other things for them. I did kids month for them and Marvel superheroes. And so universal Uh sort of knew. And, you know, once you get going, you're running. So it was a gift to me. It was an absolute gift to me was, it was being able to create this amazing horror event. (laughs) Wonderful. Amazing. Can we go to the next one? Go ahead, Losh. All right, cool. What is something that you enjoy now about Horror Nights that's different from back then? Well, it's di- it's a horse of a different color, though. You know, the, the thing about it Way to me different. is it's, <laughs> it's so big that I went last year with some friends I've made that live in England that are, you know, there's a lot of people who love Halloween Horror Nights all over the world. So, you know, there was a whole group coming over from England and Ireland, and I got to meet up with them and go through the park. And that was the best part about it. When I go in it now, it's so it's so different because it's so big and, you know, crawling back through to go find those some of those haunted houses that are way in the back, as I say, through the garbage, you know, getting <laughs> going, going through the garbage behind a haunted house. I'm like, I would never let them. This is me being. They, I would, they I put would, a whore nice house like anywhere now, anywhere that they can find a place. I'm surprised yeah, they don't have money, you know, at the Walmart down the street. I mean, these people are the best. I'm not kidding. You know, let's let's get McDonald's down the next door and let's turn that into a haunted house. But yeah, it's right. like so, they have so much stuff in there. It's almost too much stuff for me. It's just, you know, <laughs> I miss the days where it, it it was a little more, as a little more, um, you know, you didn't have to like prepare for a marathon to go to Halloween because you've got to do a couple of days to get through that place. You know, I mean, there's no way it's, it's sort of like, and they've done that. So, I mean, for me, it's a little too big in some areas and there's, I would just do certain things different to, as it comes to characters and different things like that. But I, I mean, I'm, I, I am amazed that it keeps going, but there's so many people who love Halloween Horror Nights that, you know, it's, I think it'll go on forever. 
it's it's weird because it keeps growing and growing bigger and bigger. Oh. I mean, um, they before all this COVID stuff started happening, um, Orlando advertised the next year as having more houses than ever, and right. uh, and they keep doing that home more houses than ever. Like in Hollywood, we did the most mazes we've ever done uh, last year at an event, and it's it's crazy how big it's getting. And like I said, sometimes there's you feel like as if it's too much. Uh, especially down here in Hollywood, there's a lot of the times where I find myself wondering if I didn't like have Express, if I didn't, if I wasn't a local like haunt goer, then would I be able to do this? Like if I was just coming to visit Halloween Horror Nights for one night? No way, no way at all. No. If I if if I had no none of like the the knowledge of like what mazes do first or like where do I go first, there's there's no way I'd be able to do it. So I feel like in that aspect, and and wouldn't you say that? In some of the house, and we see this every year, in some of the houses and mazes, due to the fact that there's so many of them, uh, a couple of them have lackluster quality, wouldn't you say? Yeah, because, I mean, there's something to be said for, you don't have to have 72 of something if you have uh-huh. 62 that are quality. And I think what happens with them is, you know, there's like a, a race to name new houses. And I think they have too much because, you know, they'll have this huge queue line for Ghostbusters. Let's for an example of last year, yeah. and then some liked it and some only, you know, wanted to walk through it. So yeah. I don't think they have to always, they're kind of selling themselves short, I think in some ways, because as much as people like the houses, they're, people go through the same houses that they like, you know, there's mm-hmm. like, I, this one I went through four times where they're not going to everything. So I would somehow pare it down a little bit, you know, look at the other entertainment, entertainment that's offered, um, go out of the box completely, you know, with some other things like we did the year we did Thunderdome. It was cool. Do something different, you know, throw yeah. something in there. You got to change it up a little bit. <laughs> you know, yeah. Give us something. And I, you know, I'm not a TNA person. I mean, and I just sort of think sometimes they get a little carried away with some of their stuff. I, I'm just like, can we not get back to the basics of Halloween on some level? And it, it's um, all business now. A lot of it's business, it's which hard. to an extent is good. To an extent, it's bad because now it's like you have to push what's popular. Like Stranger Things, you have to push that out. You can't do other stuff that the diehard fans want. But I think they should do what the fans want. Uh-huh. I, I, really, I really believe if, if, if I were there today, you know, I would do what the fans want because I talk to a lot of people too, and I know they say this is what I like. And there's no, they can do. I don't know how much control NBC has. Trust me, I don't. Yeah. But I think I think you have to stand up and say at some point, you know, the houses that everybody liked were not the IP houses. You know, people like the houses that are created from scratch, shall I say? So you know, let's go back to creating haunted houses to scare the hell out of you, and think about what. Uh, what do all the people who come here really want to do, right? That's mm-hmm. what you should be thinking of. Not, I'm going to have this one based on, you know, this film that may not work. I, I think the fans have been very vocal about Halloween Horror Nights the last couple of years. Some are kind of don't don't dig what's going on. The so community like, is large. These are your mm-hmm. folks. These are your people, you know. And to me, you 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 give them, you give the folks what they want to see. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about uh, ego, nor is it about, well, I've got to promote X, Y, Z. There's a level where, you know, they have, they have a lot of money now. Yeah. Is, but they don't have to throw in the, you know, every single thing that's out there. I think they'd be better off just thinking, I would say, what do you want fans if I were them? 
you know, do one of the surveys, do something and say, hey, what would you really like to see? And I would create that. Why yeah. can't we have a fan favorite haunted house? Exactly. I, I, you know? I, I wish that one year they'd do like that. Like they put out a survey and be like, all right, pick out of these six mazes or houses, which one do you want right. to see the most? And whichever one they vote the most, we get. That'd be cool. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, what if we brought in uh, some form of a name for entertainment? You know, I mean, I know they do XOL for Mardi Gras, but let's just change this up a little bit. It's so crowded. You know, it, it gets, and of course, it's so hot in Florida. God bless Florida and everything. But <laughs> you know, got things there that are that are obviously a stage is already built. Could we try that again? Could we, you know, why not take a risk and go back to the future and put down something from what yeah. we know before? That's just my theory of what I would do, because I think you owe it to the people after so many years to give them a whole new Halloween Horror Nights, you know, with not what you expect, because I think we all now know what's what to expect in certain areas. You know, it's sort of like we know exactly what's going to happen. You There's know, the jump scares that we know are going to come. Always. Yeah. And then areas get really jumbled up because there's all these people are going through this area and know it's crowded. Mm -hmm. So I think they I really think they have the talent. I trust they do to make this really awesome. And I think there should be great freedom as to let's, let's just tear it up what we did before. And let's try something really cool. That's new. I'm all for that. I and would think of the universe. That's what yeah. I would And I know that we <laughs> talked about what your favorite part was of um, creating Halloween Horror Nights, but now we're moving into the social media questions, and all these come from our Instagram followers, both mine and Lash's Instagram followers. This right. one is from Kid.Insane. He asks, what's the hardest challenge you face as a creator? Well, you have to think of the hardest challenge is thinking of what the big part about Universal is they tell you, I want to get so many people through, okay? Uh -huh. So let's say we want to create a little bit of intimacy or we want to give more bang to the buck. Well, we can't because they said we have to get 2,000 people through an hour. Yeah. You know, creative is great, but then when you put it on paper and have to make it work, you have to think of all the various things that go with it, which is also health and safety. But the big thing that has always been Universal's deal and all theme parks we have to get these people through in an hour. So, you know, you can't stroll through a haunted house, granted, but I think that's the hardest part is I've got to. And that, that's the biggest thing they'll come back at you for is capacity. Yeah. Well, what's the capacity of this house? Can I get 1,500 people through an hour? That's always what they came to me and asked was, wasn't anything about creative is how many people can I get through here? That's exactly yeah, but what before be. anything, it's always capacity and how many people can get through, how many people it's safe right. that you can get through at a time. Yep. I can see that. They, they want the numbers. They want the numbers. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you just, that was only, that was the only thing that really would make me crazy or is it's trying to keep your pure in your, in your little, I call it the group that you're working with, you know, because mm -hmm. the more successful an event is other people want to put your boss could be the vice president of this. Well, they want to insert their friend to be the project manager. <laughs> or, or I have this friend who I've decided should be the whatever. And that used to frustrate me the most because, yeah. you know, theme parks are not Las Vegas, Nevada. You no. know, theme parks are different than anything else. So it was always the more it would get, I'd have a certain boss and all of a sudden they're like, well, I've hired so-and-so. And you're like, what the hell are they going to do at a theme park? <laughs> so, you know, I mean, creatively you can go, there's no limits to Halloween. There's no limits to fear. There's no limits to scare. You know, that was never the problem. It's always like, 
you know, dealing with the other part of business, as we call it. And that's usually the most difficult part. But creatively, as long as they let you have your head, you can do whatever you want. And uh, before Losh gets into this next question, I want to give a little context. Um, do you know anything about an internship program? I do not. You don't? Okay, so we'll skip that question because um, there was a question that says, how does the internship process work? What do you look for in an intern? If you were if you were hiring, okay, here, I'll well, rephrase it like this. Yeah, um, sure. Losh, rephrase the question. I'm just put on the spot like this? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, if, for example, if you were creative right now and you were going to hire an intern, what would you look for in said intern? Probably somebody that um, has likes to have fun, somebody who doesn't mind people swearing a lot, uh, somebody who... <laughs> I think somebody who has a great respect for, for, you got to know about horror. You got to know about fear, you know? And I think you just bring them in to the team and, and teach them everything that I used to teach anybody what I knew. That was the biggest thing you can do. And so I think an intern shouldn't be sitting at a computer or answering telephones. I think they should be out in the trenches just like everybody else, you know? Mm -hmm. So if, if somebody said, I want to be an intern and, on Halloween Horror Nights, I think that person should be allowed to go to every single thing we do to understand the process. And so if we had someone with us that was younger or came over from the other event and we, we would like do that with them, you know, it was sort of like uh, you got to hang with us and figure out how it goes so that we actually gave you a sense of purpose, but you also felt like you were part of the event because an intern shouldn't be there to file. That's my theory. And I think basically you've got to find someone, you know, that you, that has an amazing personality, you know, that loves your event and you're probably going to be okay with them. I really believe that. And that's a wise words from Julia Zimmerman, one of the first creatives <laughs> of Halloween Horror Nights and Fright Nights. Okay, Julie, why do you think that the events are sh starting to shy away from goriness in mazes and houses? I think it's too, you know, we don't need so much gore. I think you can... There are people who love a genre of horror films that just gore, gore anonymous. But to me, the horror films that I like are the ones that have more psychological things happening with them, you know? And so if you think about what's my favorite horror film, what's your favorite horror film? It's not necessarily that we saw body parts all over the place. Although we do know that in some aspects, you know, a bunch of hanging bodies when you're walking through a morgue is cool. But I don't think it always has to be so gore that it's just too much. Yeah. You know, I think you can have too much of that. You're relying on a uh, something fake. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I think of a movie Jaws. Uh, I think of the things where they have a little bit of something in it, but it's not all gore. And, and that's just how I like, that's how I am. Because after a while, it's just too fake for me. So I'm just not a, a total love of gore. It's just like gore for gore's sake, you know. How yeah, much blood yeah. out of a mouth is the way I look at it. And I, I think that's it's interesting. Like that that question was from Adventures with John Jr. on Instagram. Um, it, like, do you think that the event's gotten kind of soft over the years? I don't know what it's gotten. I, I'm trying to. I mean, I saw things that I really liked, you know, and then I saw things that I felt were like I would go back to Halloween Horror Nights 101. You know, where uh, I'm a big deal about characters because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the woman that created characters, gave them the name, you know, and, and we trained these people when we had them. And so yeah. it was like you didn't 
you know, you just didn't go out there. And I found that they have like this herd of like the chainsaw people just walking around, you know, there's no excitement there. And so mm -hmm. I would redo the way I do scares again. Yeah. You know, I think you can have too many people walking the street and they're too pedestrian on some mm -hmm. level, you know, yeah. and, and I think you just have to go back and, and refine what you do. And if you read a lot of the descriptives of some of the houses, it's all about gore and blood, you know, we're eating this, we're heads are there. So I think it's, there's nothing wrong with going back and kind of refining how you do the event because some of it was stupid. I mean, God bless these people, that whole thing, the uh -huh. plastic surgery, whatever the hell that thing was on Hollywood Boulevard. I thought that was so unwell. Oh, van vanity ball. Trust me, a vanity lot of people ball. thought that was stupid. So <laughs> it, it looks good on paper and then you get there and I truly said to myself, what in the name of Jesus is this mess? You know, so you're going to put something out there just to have a name on it. And what yeah. good does that do? So to me, mm -hmm. that's really what you do is, I mean, the reality should be whatever you got out there, the creative should be thought all the way down to the last second, you know, yeah. you've got too much out there and something's going to suffer. And that happened to us too. You know, we would, they would ask us to do game shows at the last, the prices fright or whatever. And <laughs> we, we'd had a couple of game shows, but you know, it would suffer if it came in last minute. So my big thing about it is, is I would tighten up the event personally and create, you know, it's, I don't know. I just think after a while, it just feels like there's just people coming at me from all over the place. There's no real element of surprise because they're coming, but I would not think that I have to put something in every inch of this theme park because that's an example of taking over a street, wasting the space on nothing. Mm -hmm. That That's just, you know, I feel like they try to put something in and their descriptors are really well-written, but when you get there, you're kind of like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> So, it, it's all, on paper it sounds good but stuff sounds paper great sounds on paper. But i mean lost did you like vanity ball i only enjoyed it because some of the characters were my friends yeah yes. but i feel like I they are. it sounded it sounded a lot better on paper than it did in actual being able to see it uh-huh yeah, I, I feel like I, they had a lot of issues going through too so it's like you gotta be really good to your people too i mean the reality is it's so huge now but even then, when it was X, Y, Z, you know, everybody, we knew this character. Or we spent time with them. I mean, I yeah. spent time with them. You built People, relationships and bonds. We yeah. had relationships. I mean, we, we could have, you know, X amount of people in a house or all the people that were in there. But, you know, even in casting, uh, you know, we talked to the people. So it was sort of like there was nobody that we weren't a standoffish kind of tribe, you know. And and I think you just have to refine what you do and and I think it's just too big for how much staff could they possibly have on some level. So I would, I'd bring it back a little bit. I'd ask, I'd ask the people who love it. Hey, what do you guys want to see? I think they need to hear what really doesn't work personally. I think we all, we all learn that in all of our jobs, you know, you, you might fall in love with something. Then you realize, Oh man, that really, well, that didn't work. And, you know, I think it's, that's what I would do. Just retool it, retool it a little bit and mm -hmm. let's clean it up and find different ways to make this place not so predictable because it's predictable you know that i i can tell oh, yeah. you every yeah. every scare where it's going to be well i you know anyway i know that yeah, but I, I, I can walk through any maze or house and be like look there's a boo hole right there it's going to pop out right. and scare me so you got to come up with you know just take your little brain somewhere else and and make longer spaces without having a, a scare do you know do certain things like that and really think about it so that the guest is is not predicting this is where they're coming from
that that's just what I would do if if I was still if I was king of the forest. But that's still. what I would do. <laughs> this question comes from our buddy Eddie from Edutainment. Um, he asks, how many times do you go to the event each year as a fan? How many what? How many times do you attend the event each year as a fan? I'll just go with like only if somebody is specifically asking me to go with them, I'll go, you know, and then I may go two times or three times if there's certain folks I'm meeting up with, because it's more fun for me to go with people that haven't been to Halloween before or that have loved Halloween. That's all. That's always the best. You go with people that have like saved up for a year to come here and, uh-huh. you know, they, they really want to hang out and, you know, have a cocktail and talk about, you know, what it was like. I, I, I'm much more tuned to go over there because yeah. if I go through there, I'm, I'm just, I mean, my daughter, so I, my daughter hates going to movies with me because I'm always telling her, well, this is what's going to happen or, you know, it's, <laughs> you can predict it. <laughs> I, I just pick it apart because of course I would pick it apart. Yeah. I, I think it was just, it's a different, like I said, it's a different universal. So I'll go yes. with people that really want to be there. You know what I'm saying? That, they want to mm-hmm. know, um, and I can tell them where every bathroom is too, because I know every bathroom in that theme park. So <laughs> <laughs> I take them that, in bathrooms. People know where to hide then. <laughs> yeah. So, that, you know, it just depends. Again, if I have a real purpose to go there, then it's different than me just saying, oh, I'm going to go with Olivia, my daughter, because, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and certain times, you know, it's not as busy as other times. The weekends there are, yeah. are nuts. Yeah. And yeah. rapid fire question, um, what was your favorite house of last year? Last year was the one, I think, what is it called? The one that did New Orleans with the the New Orleans one where they had the the social media supposed to be and the it was um way it was way out, way yeah. out next to next to the monstrous house, next to the universe. Oh, the yes. I like that one. That was my oh. favorite. Yeah, that seemed to be the running favorite last year. Yeah, that was well done. You know, I thought that was really good and I liked it. I thought it was absolutely beautiful. You know, a lot of attention to detail there. So I really liked that one. I did. And last of our social media questions, Alash, dive right into it. All right. So in your opinion, what do you think was the most successful year of HHM? That question comes from PTV underscore Roman. Oh, heck if I know. I mean, they've been... 25th year, maybe, you know, I mean, they, they, it's, it's taken on so many lives of it, you know, and I, again, I, you know, I was there in the beginning, so I don't know every single year when they were popular. I think. So then which one was your favorite of of the times that you worked on? Mine were the year we did, honest to God, um, it's the year when Jason Sorrell, my beautiful Jason, when I, I was lucky enough to be able to hire him as a writer. Uh-huh. And uh, Jason helped us with uh, the Bill and Ted. And it, it is the year of, I call it the OJ year of Halloween Horror Nights. Oh. <laughs> so really, I'm really dating myself so far back. People are frightened. But um, no, they are. They're, they're frightened for the life going, how old is that witch? But anyway, that was my favorite. It's a good history year. lesson. <laughs> I, liked, exactly. I liked it that year. You know, we had, we had different things in those days. You know, we, we were putting haunted houses in. There's a haunted house underneath. If you know the uh, the set streets over there where Nazarman's is on the Delancey Street, there's a haunted house in there, guys. There's a haunted house that's built inside those facades that we built. And um, it was called the Slaughterhouse. And I, I love that one, too, because, again, you, you finally used a real facade as an entrance to going into a haunted house 
in a movie studio. I felt like that. So, you know, those days again were that that stuff was fun for me because it was like now we've done what I think it's what I liked because it was like I'm really coming off of this really cool street into this dark place that is underneath the New York. So stuff like that I like doing. I and really did. Two and they, questions. They, Go ahead. Yeah. No, they just they it's it's the bigger the house is. I mean, when you go into a sound stage and put in a house, house they're you, huge. They're huge. The one year we had to put up a big tent, we had a huge tent. And that was another one where it was like, oh my God, you know, how do I fill this massive place with something? Because they, uh -huh. they're so big. You've got to keep, keep, you know, building something and pray you have, now they have the money. But in my day, it'd be pray we have enough money to, to put in what we really want. <laughs> um, last two questions to wrap up this podcast. They, they tie into present and future day which is um kind of the elephant in the room how do you feel about dungeon of terror possibly returning to halloween horror nights this year i heard about that i i don't know what dungeon of terror they're going to use um again we had a two years they may have done it in between somewhere else it's a great name for a haunted house um that haunted house had first for us you know that was where we had the infamous rat lady and and uh, we had an asylum in there. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I would say you should redo the Dungeon of Terror into a new and improved Dungeon of Terror like anything else, you know, and, and do, do a freaking Dungeon of Terror. I mean, go back and put in new stuff. I mean, you can put anything you want in, in a Dungeon of Terror. And so, yeah. you know, I mean, it's a Dungeon of Terror literally in the name. <laughs> <laughs> the name alone lets you do it. You don't need to put universal anything in there because you've done mm -hmm. that before. So, you know, you don't need to do some of the things in the original ones we did because we couldn't. So I would make it this really sick, I'm going to use the word, really sick kind of place and, and mm -hmm. make it. I mean, we had people hanging, you know, in cages outside the front that were six feet off the ground. And we had some some really, I think, cool stuff in there. And it also had a very long to get in there, you, you were inside this tactile room that was black. Is It was so dark and the walls were full of slimy stuff. And so you just were going into this ooze and there was like goo junk coming off the ceiling. So, you know, by the time you got to the first scare, you were scared mm -hmm. because it was, you just didn't know where you were going. And I love that part of it. So I think yeah. people like the name alone, whether they've been to a dungeon or terror or not. And so I think you can make it, but I would say go all out and make it a dungeon of terror, real dungeon of terror. Especially since it's the 30th anniversary, I feel like they'll really, really um, do great with this house if it is true. Just do it right. You know, I mean, again, you sit down and you you talk to your other your people that you trust and know creatively and you get together and you go, okay, what is it that scares you? Mm -hmm. Dungeon of Terror, you know, and, and go back in your research. And, you know, I watched every horror movie ever made. That's how I would often get thoughts for scenic or, you know, different things. And, and just go back into all that stuff because there's so much out there that you, you can let's just do something we haven't done before. But it's it's a Dungeon of Terror. So if it's Vlad the Impaler or whatever, but find something and build this thing that is really just like evil. <laughs> I, I agree with that uh, yeah why not go on ahead Lost, wrap it up with the last question All right. the last question as the horror queen as the um, mother of the ghoul school if you were to give advice to someone going to be a scare actor for the first time what would you tell them well it's not easy 
um, it's, it's not always fun. Uh, you have to learn to protect yourself. It's, it's long hours on your feet. Especially nowadays. <laughs> nowadays. Yeah. I mean, it, it's sort of like, I pray to God you have health insurance. We got to say that first. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be what you expect is what I would tell them. I would tell them that it's going to be, you know, a lot harder than you think. And um, be wary of those those crazy guests that are drinking too much. That's what I would tell them. <laughs> and like like I was saying, like yeah, like especially nowadays, like you constantly oh. run in. I mean, uh, not to, I usually don't talk about stuff like this, but like the Walking Dead characters down here in Hollywood, they're they're suing Universal because of because of like harassment that was done to them. Oh, um, I you, yeah. And and that goes on through horror nights. I mean, I see it. I see it happening. It's unfortunate, you, you know. You have to take care of your humans. I mean, uh -huh. our day when we just like when the fuzzies go out, you know, um, you have uh, you have a person there with the fuzzies. And yeah. when you're looking at the characters, although people are going to be out there, you better have somebody on a radio out there to make sure they're okay. You must take care of your people. And if they're too far spread out without someone there, shame on you. And in my days too, um, not, not necessarily, there were other people that were harassed at special events. Universal owns it to those people to make sure they're safe in a work environment. Mm -hmm. And as much as you think I wanna have X amount of these people, I think you must think about health and safety for them. Because what happens, you know, I don't know if you've ever been a costume character. I Once I had to be five when when someone missed an airplane. So I had to be Fievel in Chicago. Oh, great. <laughs> people don't think of you as a human. And I don't think people think of the characters as a human being. I think they think of them as just That's one of the biggest things that I, 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 I can right. see. Like they don't see you as a normal human. For example, no. if you're freaking, um, let's make an example, just, just a, a creature in graveyard games last year. They're right. going to see you as that creature and treat you like that. And yeah, it's fun to like be immersive and everything and interact with a character sometimes. But you got to realize like underneath the mask and the makeup, they're humans. They're just right. playing a role for you to enjoy. But they don't mm -hmm. see that people. And, and that's when you also look at, you know, sometimes the amount of alcohol that's being served as much mm -hmm. as, you know, I like I like to have that as much as anything. But I know with mine, that was a big deal. We try to police some of the alcohol because they were the ones who would attack our people. And so. Yeah. You know, we started having to do really great things that they couldn't even be near in the haunted house, our folks, because people were abusive. So Universal, uh -huh. take care of your herd, you know, find different ways of when they're out, um, shorter times or they're set. Think of it as the fuzzies and then take care of your folks when they're out there and mm -hmm. definitely have help for them. Because to me, nothing is worse than having a guest, you know, go after you somewhere and you can't find any help because they don't, that's it. They don't think of you as a person. They think of you as, you know, a dead dawn of the dead zombie. Yeah. Well, so, Julie, yeah. I mean, you, you have given us such a great podcast. Um, your heart. Thank you. You are, dude. you are such a, a, an amazing person to talk with. Um, I think Lash can agree on that. Uh, I agree very much. So it, it was I'm so glad. cool to hear this history. Oh, it was really I'm glad cool. it. Yeah. <laughs> History's um, not a bad thing. It's not. <laughs> it, it's it's because a lot of people, you know, we can only make so many YouTube videos off the information off the internet, um, because like I know a lot of us have tried to take on the history of Halloween horns and stuff, but only the people that worked it and got to experience it actually know the real truth of what was going on. So it's cool that you, being like as Lash calls you, the the horror queen at Horror Nights, uh, 
you you know if anyone to go to about information it's you so i'm glad yeah. we can have you on today i wish i could take you with us in those days when we'd be driving around that golf cart at three in the morning I mean, <laughs> that's how right. we were, drive right? it around blasting some music <laughs> we, can, yeah. we can all just go hop in our time booth yeah exactly <laughs> yeah we, we were always in trouble we were always in trouble the next day and you know, my boss would be, were you guys out last night, like at three o'clock by <laughs> the future? And were you drinking beer? And we're like, oh, us? <laughs> like, who's that? Yeah, anytime, my darlings. I love talking about it. Yeah. I love talking about this fabulous event that just keeps going. Well, thanks again, Julie. Maybe when, if Dungeon of Terror gets announced, we'll have you back on. You share your okay. thoughts on that, maybe. Great. Um, it was great talking with you. Um, we hope to see you soon. We hope to talk with you yeah. soon. And maybe one day this year, well, we'll, we'll cross paths at the event. That would be super wonderful. Well, take care, my darlings. Thank you. Um, you can check us both out on social media at SoCal Explorer Media on Instagram and at, at King Losh on Twitter, right? King Losh on Twitter, yeah. Losh TV on Instagram. Um, where can they find our YouTubes at Losh? Um, SoCal, well, YouTube.com slash SoCal Exploring and then YouTube.com slash Losh There you guys have it. My name is Scott. This has been Adrian and Julie Zimmerman. Um, we are Horror Nights Unscripted. See you guys later. Peace out, everybody. Bye, everybody. <laughs>